At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? This is Isabella Lombacure, the world messenger, and I am inviting for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. And I have someone super awesome that I absolutely cannot wait to introduce that is bringing everyone's story to life, truly, literally through life, through TV, live shows, virtual events, and amazing storytelling. He is definitely someone who you wanted to check out, not only on LinkedIn, but other social media because he produced, oh my goodness, over 10,000 shows and had over 10,000 productions. Who can say that? And obviously a lot of those are very notable, which we'll depict shortly. And without further ado, he's joining us from Portland, Oregon. And we're gonna invite Bill Dolan. Bill, how are you? I am doing exceptionally well, especially since I get to spend the afternoon with you, Isabella. Oh, you sweetheart. Thank you so much for carving the time in your busy schedule. Things are picking up. You've been so much intentionated with your virtual events and production, and things are now moving a little bit towards hybrid models and hybrid um adventurous events where we can see some people live, but do you mind sharing just a little bit snippet for people that are not familiar with your work yet? Obviously you are, you established phenomenal company. Uh, you are definitely part of the Superhero Alliance and creating uh, great stuff through production, uh, but you also do some really, really big events. What is going on with the, telling the stories and events these days? Please enlighten us. Well, it's a great season. It really is. Um, you know, just a little background. You're, you're right. I, I actually grew up in the television industry. I started directing television um, at the ABC network affiliate here in the region when I was 20 years old. So I was just a, like a kid director. I was still in college and I was so blessed to, to start my career in really what was a dream job. And what was exciting about it was being mentored by great directors, great producers, great writers, great agency uh, strategists who taught me a lot about marketing, advertising, uh, storytelling, feel flow, and all the technology that goes with it. And um, I, I did that for many, many years. Uh, I married my high school sweetheart, and we were at a point where I we were thinking, okay, well, how do we go to this next chapter in life and raising a family? And so uh, I started a business and uh, I'll be the last person to tell you I'm a brilliant business guy. I'm a creative, but I had a reason to build a business and really by the grace of God, we opened up um, doing some small things and then word of mouth spread. And where we really grew was in two areas. One on the television side, we could still produce television shows, but we could also produce television quality videos for people, whether they're corporations that want to, to uh, launch a product or launch an event or, or something like that, or a nonprofit that needs to tell their story. But then 
because of my work in live television, I also knew how to create live experiences. And that's what really opened up the doors for us to do live events. Now, flash forward, there's been a lot of things in my life and, and, and I appreciate you saying, wow, 10,000 productions. By the way, there's an easy answer. How do you produce 10,000 productions? <laughs> you're, you're old. One production but, at a time? <laughs> yeah. It just means I've been around a long time. <laughs> and so uh, in, in the middle of that, I had failures. I had near bankruptcies. I actually had a death experience in 1999. And, and through all of that, um, it leads us to this day where we're now coming out of a season where we had a pandemic and people are saying, how do we connect? How do we communicate? And for this glorious moment in history, my background in television and my background in events came together so that we could create virtual experiences that could really engage people, entertain people, connect people, inform people, motivate people. And um, when you combine those two skill sets together, it's not just a matter of, of can I throw a camera up and show you something? It's about creating experiences that touch the limbic system of the brain, not just the front cortex where you dispense information. How can you touch the heart? And that's something we're crazy passionate about. And that's the season we're in. And let's face it, all of us need to obviously grow and we want to learn. That's important. But we probably have never been a season in our life where we needed to be connected and we need to connect at the heart level. And so we do everything we can from those backgrounds and the technology to say, let's connect at the heart level. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn to love each other. Let's learn to grow together. And let's learn to take whatever this chapter is and make it an exciting springboard into a new season. So that's a lot of what we're doing. Of course, it manifested in all kinds of programming from developing programs for kids to doing corporate launches to working with, with uh, non, like I said, nonprofits because they need maybe help more than ever and they've been stuck but we're able to take virtual experiences and great messaging and take great causes and, and elevate them so that they can do the great work that they need to do. Wow, that is outstanding. I love how you were able to pivot and how you're able to figure out where your passion, but also your skill set is, and then continue to build upon and share with the world and, and these phenomenal productions. Um, you were working in music industry. I know you have been exposed to entertainment in wide ranges beside corporate and nonprofits, which I love that you're also giving back and supporting so many initiatives. So first of all, kudos. That is such amazing, Bill, specifically during the current times. But I'm curious for everybody watching and listening that is super eager to hear, not just for the sake of name dropping, but obviously um, you worked in music space, specifically from entertainment side. Do you mind sharing some of those experiences and how they also helped you to figure out your craft as well as where what you enjoy doing the most well it's it's interesting because i know you've been exposed to this world as well so you know some of these lessons that we we get the privilege of lear, 
learning working in the entertainment space. And a lot of people think it's kind of like raw, raw and all kind of glitter and, and glamour. But the truth is, is that one of the things that I've learned working in the entertainment space is that you work around people who are crazy passionate about their craft. And when they're passionate about their craft and you combine that with their expertise to rise in the entertainment industry usually is not a fluke. It's not an accident. Um, yes, there are managers and there's people that sell and there's deals that are done. That's part of the game. But at the heart of it is an artist that is playing at the height of their craft, whether they're a writer or they're a performer or they're a producer or the director or cinematographer. And one of the great joys that I have is surrounding myself with people that are crazy better than me. I know my lane and I'm great at my lane. But when I look over here and I see this incredible gifting um, in the audio world or in the vocals or in the musical world or the technical worlds and to surround yourself with that, it really is a metaphor for life success, even business success, because sometimes, you know, when we start out, we want to be the smartest person in the world, in the room, you know, it makes us feel good and, you know, kind of that play that game of being the boss. But it doesn't take long that you realize what's more important, my title or the outcome I can offer the world. Mm. And you realize that the outcome that you can give is through surrounding yourself with the best of the best. And instead of saying, look at me because I'm really important, really what I've learned as a director is um, to recognize I'm more like an orchestra conductor. So as a director and a producer, I can bring the music and I can, you know, bring, you know, the pen and surround myself with that I can go, let's start now. And I can help them through the music to produce something beautiful. Now, you said not to drop or I could drop names. I'll tell you one of the things that's, that's one of the great joys is I do love music. And I will tell you, probably like a lot of kids, I was in a rock band quietly in my shower with my shower brush. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Me too. (laughs) Singing in the echo chamber, dream of the day. And uh, even had a, you know, a band in grade school and in high school and in in college. Um, And, and, uh, uh, and so I, I love music and I studied music as a kid. But um, recognizing that my real skill had to do with that orchestra conductor aspect of being a director, as I expanded into my own agency and started doing more work, word started to spread. And um, it started out with doing small scale projects and then large scale projects and doing things for 100 people to 10,000 people to arenas to, I mean, everywhere from uh, you know, Central Park, you know, doing giant shows in, in Central Park for tens of thousands of people or on the mall in Washington, D.C. or, or 250,000 people on a beach in Miami or, you know, Fort, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. But then getting to work with people like, and I'll tell you who my favorites are. I've loved working like with Maroon 5, Ooh. Black Eyed Peas, um, are just such raw talent, and Will I Am is is uh, nothing short of a genius. 
but what probably the person that probably had the most impact on me and I've, I've done a lot of country stuff and I've done stuff in Nashville and things like that, but I'll never forget um, the day I did a show and it was, a, it was about a 20,000 person arena and the headliner was Gwen Stefani. Mm-hmm. And um, there were lead up acts leading up to that. And I was kind of getting a rhythm now of, who the artists were and I kind of started to believe that if you worked hard if you just worked hard anybody could really rise to it and then Gwen walked in the room <laughs> and I remember when um where it's the opening number for that show and if she was doing a series where she had a, a a team of dancers but they were doing it to a rhythmic structure so instead of it just being like and here's Gwen it started out in the dark and everybody was anticipating. Nobody said anything, but the house went dark. And imagine 20,000 people rumbling in anticipation and the twinkle of people turn on their lights going, oh, Gwen's going to come. Gwen's going to come. <laughs> and then you started to hear a beat. Boom, 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 boom. And you could feel the energy in the room rise. And then the dancers start to parade on the stage. Boom, 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 boom. And then they parted and Gwen stepped out. Now, this wasn't just a production and it just wasn't about anticipation. But in that moment, when she stepped on that stage, she carried the raw charisma that filled that arena. She filled that arena. Um, and I caught on as a director that some of us are born to, to make the content, but there's a handful who have been given a rare gift to deliver the content. Wow. Now some can be writers and deliverers. And you see that in like, you know, the Elton Johns and the Bernie Taupins of the world or the Beatles of the world or things like that. Um, but made me recognize and honor the fact that each one of us have unique giftings. And from that, we can have unique roles. And instead of being envious over this person gets this role or this person gets that role, to celebrate the roles that we can all play and the power that we can deliver when we do them together. So when I walked away from that show, after doing that, that, that show with Gwen, that changed me. And I began looking at my business, for example, is not just an exercise of having people just fill roles, but thinking it as a casting exercise, which by the way, that's what Disney does. You know, yeah. their people on their staff, they're cast members. And so I started looking at my team as cast members. And it's not too unsimilar to what you might see in maybe an NBA team where you say someone's playing the center and someone's playing the shooting guard and someone's a power forward. When you think about putting teams together like that um, and everybody understands the role they play and the, and the power of the result that they can do together, it's a game changer. And guess what? You also eliminate theoretically, for the most part, competition. Because instead of people envying and thinking, oh, I wish I had that, or I wish I had that, you celebrate the unique gifting you have. And you make sure you're surrounded by a leader that celebrates that gifting. And 
I honestly can say magic happens. It happens on the stage, but it can happen in every business organization when you recognize that and execute that as a great leader being an orchestra conductor. Wow, that is so much amazing value and wisdom and realizations, Phil. Wow, what a powerful share. And I love how you paint the picture. I could just see it on the screen, like it's a movie, uh, or just the way you talk and, and share the details. And I'm just now curious, being conductor, obviously you found yourself that you do that extremely well, but I'm curious, what do you, which role do you like better, being director or being producer, or do you like both? Uh, because a lot of times people usually go and focus only on one, not that they cannot play multiple, but they just really wanted to do either just producing or just directing. So I'm curious about you. Well, it's, it's a great question. You know, I, I've been in the business for well over 30 years. And um, I, in, I would say I enjoy the most producing an outcome that makes people go, wow. I, when we can produce something, it makes people go, wow. And ultimately, whether you're in business or you're in entertainment, people engage with you because you're going to give them two things, either the outcome that they're hoping to buy from you or the transformational experience that they want to have by being a part of what you're doing. And so when I think about delivering that outcome. And I think about creating that transformational experience. Um, I will say, I love being a part of the strategy to do that. Now, when it comes to the actual execution, I'm at a point in my life where I love mentoring others and helping them rise to their gifting. And so I've got some new members of my staff here, for example, um, that are younger than me as most of my staff is except for one and i am loving positioning them up for success wow. and um one i've got set up really who's got some really good pr producing skills really good producing skills so i'm really supporting that person and 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 uh not only mentoring them like saying here let me share with you what i know which, by the way, some of the greatest things I can tell them is how I have failed. Because if people say, oh, look at all you know, look, the reason I know what I know is because I have made every mistake in the book. And so I can open up my book and say, well, you know, here's a guide for where we want to go. And by the way, don't step there and don't step there. And let me tell you why. So I can be that, but also not just to point where they're going, but to be a safety net for them to give them the freedom to make mistakes and know that I won't compromise the outcome for our clients or our audience because I'll still be there for you and I'll catch you when you fall and you will fall. That's okay. I'll be there for you in walking you through the next step. And I have another person that's really keyed up to be a great director and I'm like blown away with their gifting. And so, producer, director. I think you might call me more of an executive producer now or an executive creative director. And I'm enjoying that season um, of my life and wanting to do a lot more because it gives me the freedom to do even things on a larger scale. So brilliant. Um, 
for you not only to entrench yourself when you could to fail and learn and pick yourself up, but now to give back. It demonstrates phenomenal aspects of leadership. And I wish so many other role models exist like yourself, specifically in entertainment space that is so competitive, where we, instead of fighting and trying as compete, as you said, but trying really to build other people up and also run with that amazing craft that we have and show the world what that looks like based on the results that we produce, the output, right? Yeah. And the pride of those results and productions and, and creations that really not only entice and, 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 and delights others, but also help them to be part of it and then also educate them in addition to entertain them. That is brilliant. I'm curious now, which obviously get to know, know you better. Um, I'm curious the meaning behind the spirit media, because since like, you are very astute and very aware of uh, multidimensionally, obviously, how you not only you run business, but how you live and how you go about and how you select the projects. The fact that you also give back in community, that you play very well in such a uh, competitive, you know, corporate arenas and, and also entertainment space and continue to build your name for. What would you say, A, from where the spirit media stemmed from, but also what would you say it's a key ingredient to your success and obviously success of others as, as, your, as being your mentored and coached by you? Well, I would, I would probably say the, the most significant ingredient or foundation or episode that changed my life was when I died. Um, you know, the short version of it is, uh, you know, I had uh, married my high school sweetheart, five incredible kids. Um, Congratulations. But the nature of my business is that, you know, we travel a lot. And I was successful, you know, by the world standards. Oh, look, he directs here and he's working with this people here. But the truth is, I was becoming an absentee father and an absentee husband. I was gone a lot. And I was there for the kids games. I was there for all the stuff that was important. I thought I was checking off the relationship box with my kids. Mm. And the truth was, I was checking off the, the event box with my kids. But to truly be present with them, only later on have I learned that I did not always give them the gift of presence. I gave them the gift of my physical proximity. And um, I didn't really understand the difference. Um, so there was a point where I had an opportunity to produce a documentary where I, it was actually me producing it and doing a, a significant part of the funding for it. And uh, we went forward with the production and then we got a call from a company in Nashville that wanted to distribute it. And that was great because that's always the key. It's not a lot of people in the production industry think it's always oh, about making it. No, 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 no. It's about distributing it. You know, you can make all that you want, but if no one sees it, you just made yourself a nice home video. And so um, <laughs> very expensive home video, <laughs> expensive home. And there's a lot of expensive home videos out there. Yes, so we got a distribution deal. And all I had to do was fly to Nashville to get it. So um, on January 28th, 1999, I hopped on a plane with my very best friend, Timothy Greenidge, 
he was he's one of the greatest gospel singers in the world so so gifted he was going to nashville also for some musical projects and um about 20 minutes into the flight i didn't feel right i mean i started to feel sick i couldn't put my finger on it um but it was like everything was kind of closing in on me and i i turned to tim i said tim something's not right and that's the last thing i said before my eyes rolled back in my head and my arms flopped by my side and my heart stopped now tim didn't know formal cpr or anything like that but he knew there was something wrong so he began doing chest compressions and when that didn't work he he literally picked me up put me in the aisle and started pressing on my chest and as tim tells me he was just pulling back his fist and he was saying okay i'm gonna have to break your ribs and he's pulling back his fist and just as he gets back i take a breath now, needless to say, it, it made a scene, it resulted in a, an emergency landing. And I end up getting diagnosed with malignant neurocardiogenic syncope, which malignant means you can die from it. Neuro's brain and cardio's heart and syncope means out of sync. And I have an extreme form of that where my brain tells my heart to stop under certain circumstances. So they don't know what causes it, but the, um, the only way they treat it is they give you a pacemaker. So they put a pacemaker in my chest and uh, um, besides having a pretty profound after death experience that changed my entire perspective about my spirituality, life, why I'm here, all those different things that, you know, I like to say, look, if, if you, if, if you die and come back, if you weren't a little spiritual before, guess what? You get that way. <laughs> and wow. uh, so when I came back, I was a different person, but I was still a person that was in discovery. And part of that discovery, one of the questions they ask is, why do I get to be here? Why am I here? And um, uh, and I was asking that question, even while my doctors were explaining to me that, oh, by the way, it turns out your pacemaker right now is going off about a half a dozen times a day. So um, wow, be really thankful that when you go to bed at night, so far you get up the next morning, but there's no guarantees. So when you are face to face with the prospect of eternity, it makes you cherish not only uh, every day, but actually every breath you take is a precious gift. You think, how am I going to use this breath, this gift to, to be a gift to the world? And the day that I do close my eyes and I'm no longer on this world, what will be the lasting impact of the time I spent here? What will be my legacy? Will it be money, things? Or will I have done something even more significant that have made a profound impact in the world? That was the pursuit. And so there were clients that I used to have, I don't have anymore. There would be jobs that people would offer, I wouldn't do. Um, and part of it has to do with not only trying to be a good dad, and a good husband, but the others, 
I measured every project to say, am I taking this gift? I don't, you know, you see, I have a little, there's a little microphone. We both have these microphones here. But look, when we're in media, we lift up a camera, we lift up a microphone, and we put it in front of the mouth, in front of the lips of someone or something. And the question is, for those of us in media, do we use this gift to amplify truth and hope and encouragement that makes a positive difference in the world? Or do we use this mic simply to maybe even distract or, or, um, or hurt? Mm-hmm. And I had clients I could say, I don't think they're, they're significantly adding the world. They might be distracting. So changed up our whole client structure, changed my travel schedule, changed all those different things. And it really came down to that, that, that idea that, look, and Sabella, heck, you might be the last interview I ever do in my life. I might go to bed tonight and not wake up tomorrow. And I began looking at the statistics. And I realized that every time I snap my fingers, another person leaves this world. Yes. 150,000 people a day die. Yes. But you and me and anybody watching this is still alive. We've been given this precious gift of life and hopefully wisdom. And we all get to ask ourselves, how am I going to use this today to make this world better? And when I leave, how will I have made that lasting impact? And that's, that's where my heart is. That's why I wrote the book, Seven Disciplines of Relationship Marketing. That's why I'm working on another book called Discover Your Brand Soul. And it's, um, um, it, it, it's what I pray that our company and our production company does every day is we want to make a dent in the universe that people will say that made a difference, a really powerful difference. Mm. We all get to do that. Yes. We get to do that. You make your legacy every single day every single day and that's the exciting exciting part that no matter how hard things are no matter how hurting things are we can make today a day that makes a difference in the lives of someone else how beautiful that is specifically when you as you said when you select to do with things that truly matter that can create a ripple effect the projects that are uh, beyond and above everything we so far did and that can really impact generations to come and what a great gift to pass on to your beautiful five children uh, and everybody that you touch with your productions your stories Mm -hmm. as well as obviously all these great interviews like you're just doing right now which i'm Mm -hmm. deeply deeply grateful what a story and what a gift you are, Bill. So thank you so much for sharing yourself in this way. 
I would like to, if you don't mind, just to dive a little bit deeper about the book that you published. I know you're working on the second one, but for everybody that is just mesmerized by your sharing as I am, as I'm watching you and listening to you, please tell us the name of the title again of the book again, and then what inspired you to create and what the book captures so that others can go deeper and find another gift that you gave us, which is that book before the second one comes. Well, the, I appreciate you asking the, the book and quite gratuitous. You see the logo on the back here. It's, it's the seven disciplines of relationship marketing. And um, I, uh, I have a website, 7drm.com, and it's available on Amazon. And it's, um, we have a Kindle and an Audible and all that. But the, um, the real root of it was really came out of my pondering after my death experience. I mean, look, you know, it doesn't matter. You have this death experience. And I come back and say, well, I'm still a television director. I'm, you know, I still grew up around the world of marketing and advertising and entertainment. And where does that all fit in? Because sometimes you wonder if you've, you've had this profound experience, what can I bring to this world that I've grown up in? And I did a lot of research, a lot of research, and probably one of the things that that uh, really stood out to me about my death experience um, is really one of the most precious gifts that we get in this life, and it's the gift of relationship. Yes, it's like we're born for relationship. It's in our DNA for relationship. And the and tremendous joy that we get in relationships, yet tragically, a lot of business uh, and even the entertainment business sometimes, it's been reduced not from relationship, but reduced to transactions. And so we have transactions, we measure success by how many transactions we can have. And a lot of times businesses will pretend to have relationship, but they're just pretending enough to get a transaction. And um, that really stirred in me that we've reduced the most precious opportunity we have to make an impact on others' lives. And we simply measure it in dollars and cents, not really on the hearts so and minds. And it's not to say that dollars and cents are bad. We all need to create sustainable business models. That's important. But imagine if instead of going to work from nine to five so that you can just sell yourself from nine to five and then be a saint after five. What if you could live the fulfillment of what we're all wired for so that those relationships you have in business are not just transactional, but deep and meaningful and connected and powerful. And what if, and I know that we don't have the benefit of always have one-on-one. -on -one. We don't get that all the time. I mean, I've done work for Nike and Adidas and Microsoft and Intel. I've worked for giant corporations before. And I understand that we don't get to have, you know, meet and greets, you know, at the factory floor. <laughs> so in many cases, what we have to do is take the very heart of what we believe as leaders and say, how do I express this in my brand? in my culture, in the way in which I transact business, and the way in which I try to make sure that 
if you're going to give me a dollar, I want to give you everything you can possibly get out of that dollar that makes that relationship meaningful and valuable to you. And hopefully mutually benefits to us so that we can do that again. And we could create a sustainable and growing relational uh, culture with our clients. So I, I look back at this and I started looking at some of relational mentors and who are the greatest mentors in business and marketing in the world. And I wasn't even satisfied with that. I said, what if we didn't create just marketing plans? But what if we could create something that was so powerful that instead of just marketing, we could create movements? Mm. So uh, now I'll say I grew up Catholic. And so certainly one of my life mentors growing up was Jesus. So it's like, okay, what did Jesus do? And not just Jesus, church Jesus, but if you look at science and archaeology and things like that, what can I learn about this person that spearheaded a pretty profound movement? And what I could look in the business world? And what could I look in my entertainment world? And I found out that three organizations or individuals that look a lot alike, one is Steve Jobs, the other is Lady Gaga, and the third is Jesus. And their models are so close. And each one of them have contributed to seven powerful disciplines that have created movements in their respective industries. Wow. So I began reverse engineering that. What's that look like? And that's where the seven disciplines came from. And I'll, t I'll tell you what one of them is. And this one so discipline is going to be the foundation of the next book, because the next book is going to be called Discovering Your Brand Soul. And it's the part that people miss because we're busy making a logo, doing a paint job, you know, initiating a policy or doing that. But when you understand your personal brand soul and then your corporate brand soul, this is the foundation of creating lasting and meaningful businesses and movements. And so one of them, you know, and it sounds so simple, is understanding the power of purpose. And people like Simon Sinek, you know, great author, talks about this. He says, start with why. People don't know what you'll do or how you do it. They want to know why you do it. So when uh, an individual or company gets real clarity on their on their why, and I've got exercises in the book of kind of how you can discover that, it takes you to the next step. And that is understanding your missions. A lot of companies do a mission statement. And I respect that thing we put on the wall, like, oh, we're gonna do this or we're like that. But look, if you look at some of the greatest mentors, uh, in, in, including Jesus, he actually had 26 missions. And they treated missions almost like a military type of scenario where, You'd say, well, my my purpose is to, you know, free the free the people or to do this, whatever. But you have multiple missions. What does it take to do that? And so when you take those missions and you say every mission now is aligned for the fulfillment of the purpose. And the purpose is something you live, but a mission is something you accomplish. And as you go through those missions, and there can be financial missions, cultural missions, um, spiritual missions, 
um, all those different pieces that go in hand in hand, those missions then lead to the next step. And this is the power of a word that gets dismissed all the time, and that's goals. Now, yes. and I'm just saying this because we're friends. <laughs> I will tell you, during COVID, I put on some weight. And like a lot of people, I said, oh, it's time to lose some weight. Okay. And it's easy to set goals. It's the beginning of the year. I need to set goals. Yeah. But where a goal really has power in the case of a brand's soul and people that are ready to make movements, not just check off boxes, is that every goal is actually connected to a mission. So that a goal is really a mission with a deadline, accountability, and someone who owns it. So now goals are not just check boxes. And for me, you know, I'll tell you, I'm not just want to lose weight because I, you know, want to look better in my my shorts or anything like that. I want to lose weight because I want to be a, a great grand, a, a Papa Bill for grandkids. I want to have the stamina and the energy to go share this with the world. I want to be able to get up early in the morning to be able to exercise and go play and do all the things that will help me fulfill my purpose. So my goal isn't just, I want to look good. I want to be in the best position to be an ambassador of love and encouragement and hope to the world. And that's going to take stamina and being in good shape and dropping 14 pounds. Okay. <laughs> but then the, but then the next thing is values. Values are so important. We always say we have values, and I think most of us do. But what I encourage people to do is pick three. Let them be your biggest values, because ultimately when you measure your, out your values, you find out that some of them compete, and you need to prioritize those. Um, and there's a lot of examples, I won't go into it, but when you start laying out what those values are, those top three, they become guideposts for you that say, this is how we're going to do it, period. We will never violate these values. And when you do that, that leads to the next step. And it doesn't always have to be the last step, but it's a critical step, and that's vision. And what I teach in the book and what I'm going to go into in Discover Your Brand Soul is that vision isn't just a statement of one that be nice and gee, we're going to do this. Because sometimes vision statements and purpose and missions kind of look soft and the same in the same employee manual. I'll tell you where vision is powerful. Think about when you were a little kid and you were putting together puzzles. Now you open this box and there's 500 pieces and they're all spread around. You don't know which one goes where, but you find out quickly because what you do is you look at the cover of the puzzle box. And the good vision is the cover of your puzzle box. It tells you what you're actually building towards. And more important than what you're building toward it helps you sort the pieces because we live in a world right now that's trying to sell you pieces and they're telling you on the on the a lot of scientists and marketing experts say that we get an average of 5,000 10,000 brand impressions a day and tragically most marketing is selling you on your inadequacy 
they're saying you're not as good as you could be unless you smelled this way or wore this clothes or put this in your hair or drove this car or lived in this house. Most marketing is selling you on your inadequacy. And they're throwing puzzle pieces at you saying, if you do this now, your puzzle's gonna look right. But when you know your vision, you know your unique calling and the best version that you can be. You can look at those puzzle pieces and say, great, I do need that puzzle piece. Or you can say, no, I don't need that puzzle piece. That's a distraction. Now I'm just gonna gather those pieces for the fulfillment of this vision. And now you go into gathering and building and producing your unique vision, not something that someone's trying to sell you. And when you get those pieces, those five pieces, your purpose, your missions, your values, actionable goals, and a vision that is crystal clear, you can be unstoppable. What a, a spectacular share. And I just love where you took us on this journey on this podcast and this show, because um, a lot of times when we talk, we scratch the surface, but sometimes we don't connect the pieces of puzzle. We don't even know what, 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 what the landscape look like. Not only you gave us that opportunity, but also you walk us through to some most essential pieces to connect each other, which I find so timely and relevant for what people are experiencing today. So I just can't say how grateful I am for this opportunity as well for our audience to also um, benefit um, and also can find more in your book about all the other pieces that you did not mention. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, Bill, do you mind just giving um, in, in quick, as essence, I know you shared already a little bit, but what will ultimately you would like your legacy to be? I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, mm -hmm. but with everything that you accomplished, with all these amazing relations that you had, and you continue to pass on on everybody else, what's the next thing that you are striving to reach and accomplish uh, or, or in your bucket list and obviously ultimately with your legacy? Well, uh... If I had to say one thing, um, and it's what I experienced in that moment of my death, is that I came face to face with the embodiment of love. Mm. And it, it saddens me, and at the same time excites me that we live in a world where there's a lot of things that keep us from loving each other yes. and from loving ourselves. And if we could recognize that number one, we're all deserving to be loved and honored and respected and to treat each other with um, kind of the sense of, of, uh, of wonder and awe that when we look into the eyes of another person, you're looking into the eyes of a miracle, a miracle that has within them the capacity to do incredible things, to impact millions of lives, 
and um, and so almost with a sense of reverence to be able to be excited about being able to connect with each other, but then also give each other grace because we're all on a journey. And it's safe to say, no matter what the season, any one of us at any one time has experienced tragedy, might be going through tragedy, or is about to go into a tragedy. And we're in, we're in process. We're learning how to handle hurt. We're learning how to heal. We're learning how to become. And kind of like butterflies, you know, we love the story of the butterfly and how, you know, it goes in its cocoon and it comes out as this beautiful thing and we're all going to be butterflies. And I've, it seems like I, I know a lot of friends who have butterfly tattoos, you know, because <laughs> we love what the butterfly looks like after all of it. But yeah. um, if you study what happens to a little pupa, you know, before it goes into the cocoon, all it does is eat and eat and eat. And then it goes in the cocoon and three things happen. The mm -hmm. three steps to transformation. And the first thing that happens is the digestive juices in that little caterpillar turn in on itself and it starts dissolving away parts of its body. In some oh, cases, those little fake legs that caterpillars have, they dissolve away. And some of us might be in that season where the things that we have held onto our identity, for us to transform, we have to let go of it. We have to let that dissolve away. And that hurts. And it's painful. But then the next step in the butterfly is that elements of their organs actually transform to prepare it for a flying being and not a crawling being. And some of us are in that phase where you're literally going through a personal metamorphosis. Things are changing in you. You're becoming different. You're becoming better. And you're preparing for the next season. But then there's that third phase where things start to blossom on that little being that never existed before. The, the little beginnings of wings. And the thing that's so powerful about this and beautiful is that the caterpillar gets to do it inside the chrysalis and the quiet of the chrysalis. No one has to see this hideous process. Mm. They only get to see the end when it's all pretty. But we're going through that process and we don't have a cocoon to hide. We have to go through this process in front of everybody else. And so if we can not only have the reverence and love for who we can become, to be able to have the grace for each other, for the process of becoming, I think we can love and encourage and support each other more instead of ridiculing and judging. I think if we do that one life at a time, our world can have a tremendous transformation. But it begins with every one of us. And if you're a leader, you get to do this for your employees, for your clients, for your vendors. 
and you can have a profound impact that just like my mentors, instead of just having transactions, you could be the seed of creating a movement. And that would be my ultimate prayer, my legacy. Wow, what a beautiful story and what a beautiful gift and what a beautiful, fresh approach to transformation because those are the things that I hear, see and actually do for organizations and cultures but that is such a beautiful way because I always say effort that we need to put on our own selves first, right? To transform ourselves, have a desire to work on ourselves, invest in ourselves and everything you shared about transformative pieces and, and, and what it takes to make that happen. We can't do that for anybody else if we don't do it, if we don't have a, the path and clear understanding, right? Yeah. So I, I just want to say that is such a profound word of wisdom that I hope everyone not only is taking the notes, but is also getting not only inspired, but fully, fully motivated to truly do something. Because this is one by far best ways to connect on human level, no matter where you are in the journey. I just want to say that is absolutely amazing. Thank you, Bill, for sharing that with us. Thank you. So in closing, Bill, for everyone that is really dying to not only get your book, where they can find your book and where they can connect with you if they want to follow up and have a conversation. You can. I am so available and, and excited to, to share with anybody. I am available on LinkedIn. Uh, it's, I go by Bill Dolan. So uh, I'm, I'm there on LinkedIn. Um, and then uh, also the book is available on Amazon. So it's available as a, a, a paperback on Kindle and Audible. And I read the, everybody asks me, it goes, it's Audible, who, who reads it? I go, I read it. They go, oh, okay, then, then I'll get it. I it's a professional announcer who's really slick. Now you're gonna get me if you get the Audible. And all those are available on, uh, on Amazon. And if anybody wants to hear a little bit more about my story, you can go to 7drm.com where there's a little video that tells about my story. And if you want to know about our agency, it's spiritmedia.com. And so uh, uh, any way I can be of service, uh, I, I am here and delighted to serve and delighted to multiply people that want to make a difference in the world. I am here for that. And I just uh, have to say, Isabella, thank you so much. It's been a, a joy getting to meet you and getting to know you. I know we're going to be friends for life. And uh, it's just been an honor to be a part of part of your program. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.